god, this mead is so nice. It tastes like cough medicine. Coming to you live from the middle of Cambridge, where September weather never ends. It's us from the Super Fortress Hardcore Genki. Kids, do, do you, you like, like movies? movies? Do you like nerdy things? Do you like getting excited about stuff? Do you want two geeks talking? About what they've watched, read, done, and made in the last two months? Well, hold on to your Halloween hats. Because now it's time for the, the Hardcore, Hardcore Genki, Genki Hour. Hour. Yay! Yay! Hello, welcome to the Hardcore Genki Hour. I am Andrew Raggedy Man Watton Davis, starting to build its winter's nest out of unread books and comics, as is the habits of its species. And I'm Laura Pinkapple Jam Watton Davis, doing all the things and failing miserably at doing most things right now. <laughs> and this is our October 2018 update from our world of comics, films, TV content conventions, creations, and generally being excited about stuff here at the luxurious Super Fortress, Hardcore Genki. It's full of cats. Full of cats. Because if something's worth being excited about, it's worth talking about. And what have we been very excited about recently, and what are we going to start the show off with, my dear? Well, I think, to be honest, uh, one of the reasons why I... I've been doing all the things and failing miserably at doing all the things is because we're going to all the things, including we went to Thought Bubble. Yeah, which was super awesome. It is an annual Leeds-based comics festival. Everything comics festival-wise is based there. Twenty uh, second, twenty third of September. That was yeah, that was the comic selling thing. But they've got like a whole week beforehand of yep. stuff, which no one in the stalls area ever seems to know about or go to <laughs> it's because we um, only yeah. we only go for the uh, comics weekend so yeah the people of leeds have like a week-long festival the country has a two-day festival <laughs> so it basically concludes a week of talks exhibitions films lectures mm. you name it comics it's a good time to be yeah. a comics fan in leeds oh yeah um yeah, it's great. Uh, so the comics weekender is... We are great weather, actually. Warm and dry marquees spread over Leeds City Central. But all the tents were located relatively close to each other. They were. They, I think someone said the longest between them was two minutes walk. It's, uh, it used to be in the Royal Armouries. And that was the last event that we did year before last. Yes. Last year they moved to the marquee thing seemed to work from what i heard from folks so we thought yeah you yeah. know what let's give it a go um well for, for several years they they had a marquee in like the courtyard at the armories yes they did so it's it's them kind of taking that bit and transplanting it to the center of town also they <laughs> moved it in the calendar from november from the last convention of the year to september oh, thank God. which was great because as much as i i kind of enjoyed being in the big halls However, the weather was so cold, oh, so cold. And I was always ill afterwards because mm. of just how cold it was. No matter how warmly you wrapped up, it was just one of those things. Yeah. So as usual, despite the changes, there was always there's this really nice vibe. Oh, yeah. Um, the atmosphere there is lovely because it's so centred. It's going to sound after. It's so centred on comics and it's so centred on the creation of comics. And it's got so many people... You could throw a you, well, you could. It would be impolite, but if you throw a brick, you'd hit someone who's made a comic. <laughs> uh, possibly yeah. someone high up in the in the comics industry. You'll never be allowed to another convention in your <laughs> life. Uh, but it, it, and and everyone is there. And it, it, I mean, there's obviously there's pros and all that. But it's have you made a comic? Yes, right. You're in our gang. Yeah, yeah, and it's great. It's the environment I always wanted when I was a kid. I have I'm really overwhelmed every time I go up there, but purely in good terms, like. There's so much friendly competition. Like the good thing is everybody has a comic, and the bad thing is because everybody has a comic. <laughs> so there is a good vibe. It's still good vibes. The vibe has changed since I first attended about five mm. six years ago or so on. Not negatively. It's just different. And I think it's fair to say it is the UK equivalent of Angoulême, which is the huge comic event based in France. Obviously, Angoulême is going to be very different from a UK comics based festival because france is better at doing comics than the uk however what we have we make the best of and thought bubble is the greatest uh accumulation of all those vibes in one place harking back, back to what you said about not bad but different mm. so i in some ways whilst i totally i think the footfall was, mm. was better and mm. the amount of space we had mm. in the tents was a lot nicer than being sardine oh i gosh, kind yes. of liked there was something about everyone being in one place and you could nip 
across to see people mm. more easily. Mm. So whilst it wasn't spread out, if you have got to take it, I always describe it as the bubble. It was three bubbles surrounded by absolute normies. There was that mental leap of going and seeing anyone else as opposed to, oh, I'm just going to nip over there. Mm. So I love the fact that we were in a room full of like nothing but comic creators mm. of all, all stripes. Um, and I love the fact that it was so well laid out and well organised. Mm. But I kind of missed everyone being up. Mm. But you can't have everything. No, not at all. So not at that, the size that it is now. Absolutely, you like know, you said. That's yeah. not that that was bad, just that that was different. Mm-hmm. And I'm quite sure the elbow room was probably worth it because I could <laughs> breathe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so it's going to be interesting to see how uh, MCM is going to compare next weekend. But we'll get yeah. on to that in a minute. Um so yeah, so you took your camera along. I took my camera along. I um I have I, I have recently become a photographer, <laughs> uh, like everyone else who's got phones. But I, I ended up taking a bunch of candid photos because I'm a I'm behind the scenes, as it were. I I'm I've been taking photos of people for my Facebook and for my my promotional pages for for years but this was just um getting snaps of of people when of, of the people involved in it when they didn't realize because everyone at these events and this might surprise anyone listening everyone at these events has got a game face mm. and i've met so many of these people outside of events and uh how they are in person isn't how they are in an event and i get why because everyone's got a thing to sell but it was just really cool to get photos of them being themselves mm. and then to send them across to people. So I'll probably be doing that at all the other events I go to. It's not trying to catch anyone out. I'm not posting these up. I'm sending to people. But all the people I sent them to, they were very, oh, cool. That was really, you know, oh, I'd never looked like that at store before. And I'm like, yeah, because that's you looking like you rather than you looking like your product. Yeah, like so you're that... posing. And I think people are surprised, but they're so grateful because that's not something you can set up. So, yeah. you know, it's not... It, it's something that you want to do to support everyone. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. You yeah. know, so... It so. was just very... Watch it, your inbox, guys. <laughs> it, it, was, it, it, it was a thing. As I said, I myself hadn't realised how different people are between their game face and and their not game face until I... Li- afterwards, and I took the photos, I just thought it'd be nice to take some pics, and then I looked at them afterwards, and I'm like... And there, there was one person who will remain nameless for no reason of embarrassment but just because they'll remain nameless and i took two photos two seconds apart and one was them by themselves and one was them with a customer and the difference mm. and it's just snap snap and the change is so sudden to mm. see that in such a visceral way and they can use these uh, photos on their websites as well it's just yeah. like, and these nice way of contributing i think to the events so because the rest of all i contribute is just abuse <laughs> <laughs> see you say that but you you are actually contributing comics now. So. Oh yeah, I, I, I launched the Needlessly Aggressive comic there and that actually got, I didn't shift a lot, but I had a lot of people um, enjoy it. A lot of comic writers and a lot of stall writers seem to enjoy my work, which possibly means it's utterly belligerent. Um, but yeah, that was that was pretty cool and it was, it was so nice to have uh, my thing in my hand. There was a moment where, uh, and I have to give my absolute hats off to my darling wife here, um, someone came up to me, bought it, and went, can you sign it? And the only word out of my mouth was, why? (laughs) Now, I have gone up to, I don't know how many people I've gone up to. Half the joy of these events is when you buy it from the creator. I have gone up to so many creators and just, without even thinking, just going, oh, can you sign it? But to actually have someone ask me, my brain was just, Uh. You me, and then Laura just, <laughs> just bunged me a pen and just went, sign your name, you twat. <laughs> boffing in there. That, yeah. was, that was a really weird instant. It's because people appreciate, I think, the hard work yeah. that goes into comics at such an event. I think, because in general, people don't. Like, the UK doesn't appreciate comics, whereas mm. when you're at an event like this, that's the type time and place where people are going to ask you that sort of thing it's a nice feeling isn't it it's, yeah. it's a validation people don't have to ask you to sign it they you know no. that was uh yeah um but it was also i noticed the 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 one thing i do notice with that and definitely with nottingham comics con the difference in the comics on sale 
So this was the first place, and it could be because the TV series is going on, and I know someone at the back is just going, oh God, I know what he's going to be talking about now. But someone had like a huge rack of old, of the original Run Doom Patrols, yeah. like Migrated Adventure stuff, and that was the first time I'd seen them at a con. Mm. But and then I'd had, So instantly I was drawn like a person with a bank account about to scream to a flame. And then I just look at all the stuff, and they had a whole bunch of really old school, relatively obscurea. And so I just asked them, you know, why did you bring this along? And they were just... Well, because it sells here. Hmm, interesting. And I've I've not seen anything like that down south. So there's there's no. definitely um yeah. But who else did we bump into? There? We bumped into Kim Joy. Oh God! Yay! So Kim Joy is on the current series of the Great British Bake Off. It's currently airing on Channel Four, and she was as lovely in real life as she uh oh she is on the telly. And bless her, we bamboozled her. Andy bamboozled her. I was like, please can you take a photo holding my comic? And Kim Joy was like. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so we've got the nicest person on television holding the most aggressive comic at Thought Bubble. <laughs> so I understand Kim Joy is connected to Travelling Man Comic Shop, who sponsored Thought Bubble. And we were able to say, see the chap from Travelling Man and say, thank you for sponsoring mm. Thought Bubble. We are having a nice time. So that was nice. So great to have the owners, the contributors, the supporters of the actual convention yeah. mingling with us tablers. Um, which was great. So I mean, that sort of connection I really like. Yeah. It, it's so often we've been to conventions, like small, small, small conventions, and the organisers just haven't even, not bothered, but, you know. No, bothered we, is a good word. Yeah. I mean, we've been to some pretty dumb cons and where the organisers haven't made the effort and you really feel that lack of connection. Mm. Whereas Thought Bubble, you do feel like such a big family. It was, you know? and the, the gophers were awesome and everyone they was were. awesome. So that was they pretty were. cool. And uh, I had a bit of a, incident afterwards in which i would like to give out a shout out to gm jordan mm-hmm. um this is a gentleman who after the event uh contacted me uh because he's about to launch a comic called raggedy man that's raggedy space man mm. and uh he had his mates had seen in the uh, event guide that there was me as raggedy man so uh what happened was he was concerned there might be brand confusion and he got in touch with me, and we had an adult discussion about it. <gasps> On the internet? I know. A complete stranger had a <laughs> perfectly reasonable conversation with me about this, where he was just like, I make this thing. It goes by this name. You are using this name. What's the deal? And I went, this is the deal. And he went, oh, okay then. All the best. And I thought that was really cool. Fantastic. Uh, so if anyone's interested in checking out that comic, uh, go to raggedyman.co.uk. Yeah. Uh, I was so a, I... if people want to talk to you, then go to raggedyman.net. Yes, if people Whereas... want to buy this uh, GM Jordan's. Yeah, yeah, if you want to check out that comic. .co.uk. Yeah. But yeah, but it was just nice to have someone acting like an adult. Yeah, reassuring. Very. Good. Because you bought a ton of stuff from that. Not as much as I have done from previous Thought Bubbles. Um, I did buy some stuff. Before Thought Bubble, Kate Brown had released Faith Says You, which is her part one of three comic book. So technically I didn't buy that at Thought Bubble, even though it launched (laughs) and I received it the same week. However, Kate and Paul Duffield, Kate Brown, Paul Duffield, sat next to each other opposite us. And Paul Duffield released his beautiful hardback version of the Firelight Isle. So we've got that to read, full colour comic, in a really unusual format, actually. It's printed in a landscape, but you read it long ways from top to bottom when you flip it open. So you don't don't read it landscape left to right. You have to rotate it 45... No? 90? Yeah. You have to rotate it 90 degrees, read it from top to bottom. Really interesting, really beautiful. Nice use of the form. Very, very unusual. Um, And a couple of other comics as well. Um... I bought a bunch of comics for my mate, to be honest. She asked me to go out and get them, so I did. Um, and I got a comic from the same table. Um, but to be honest, it was so busy. Didn't get a chance to see... We saw. We were in the originals tent. I went around the comicsology tent, which was the hugest tent. And there were two other tents, which we just... and, a, and a, One of the tents, sorry, and one of the hall. Victoria Hall, I mm. think. And we just did not get a chance to go around. So that's one thing I miss about not having it in a huge mm. hall. Because you get to see everything. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, pros and cons. Pros um, and cons. But overall pros. So what comics did you pick up? I didn't. Oh, okay. I didn't have a single chance. I almost no. picked up a <coughs> quid uh, copy of Doom Patrol. 
because it was slightly better grade than the one I've already got. And then I remembered that would be bad. Nerd. Yes. So let's move on to other events. Ooh. So coming up in a couple of sleeps will be October MCM London 2018. It's the biggest UK geek expo and the longest running experiment into the impact of screeching cosplayers on, on communicable disease. <laughs> so it's being held at the dazzling Excel Centre, London Docklands. It's actually called MCM Comic Con London, but bugger that. <laughs> no, one calls, no one calls it London I still MCM. bloody call it MCM Expo like yeah. back in the day. No but one calls anyway. it that bag of balls. So it's Thursday set up through friday saturday sunday all day jesus christ oh god at the time of recording there are still some tickets available for each day not weekenders Uh, only each individual day and the price structure structure is way too complicated to go into here so budget like 20 quid a day or something it'll be fine so there's a bunch of you know wannabe celebs like chris claremont and frank miller chris barry (laughs) they're trying to steal the spotlight from bernard cribbings memorabilia and including things that actually aren't made by Funko Pop. And apparently some steampunk will be there. No, no, no. It says, it doesn't say, it says steampunk. Okay. Steampunk will be there. So all of the steampunk in the world will be at MCM. (laughs) The very concept of steampunk (laughs) itself will be making a guest appearance. Will it have a colourful aura? Who knows? Let's find out. It'll have cogs, I can tell you that. It will have cogs. Stick a cog on it. And (laughs) cosplayers and comic traders and lions and tigers and maybe maybe trading standards. Who knows? Who knows? Oh my. Oh God. The floor plan got released. I dug it out from an email link sent on Friday. Finally. Apparently the floor layout is the same as the May uh mcm this year if you went we didn't um but just so you know we'll be sat next to flammable penguins Ooh. and table uh we'll be on table 188 they're on 189 we are located by the aisle in the middle of the comic village and not too far away from the hot flips stall hot flips are the sponsor of the comic village they are oh. an american company i don't know what they do Hello. so i'm gonna toddle over to booth n720 and see what they do do you know if they have a void of on, a massive void at the event like they did the last time we were there? Hopefully not, because that event was the last one before it was bought out by Readpop. Yes. So I think Readpop might have had a different approach to laying like out. Like not having a 50 metre by 100 metre gap of nothing in the middle of the hall. Well, yeah. So I'm sure people will fill it up anyway. Yeah. So anyway. it's gonna And it is going to be the first one since Read then. Already we are seeing... Changes. We'll see. We'll we are see. Seeing changes. There's a lot more paperwork. Jesus Christ. Yes, so I have to figure all that stuff out. So uh, needlessly aggressive products won't be there. Yep. Uh, but there will be needlessly aggressive products for sale. Yep. This is purely because uh, I applied for the table under Pink Apple Jam. So being as I forced Andy to make a lot of stuff, I'm basically going to sell it on the Pink Apple Jam table. So we sell badges and comics and mugs. So yeah, yeah it's it's going to be there. And and uh, the needlessly aggressive attitude problem won't be there. So. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing as many folks so there in one place again. It's you yeah. Know. And I, I'm not ashamed to say it, I worked my ass off oh, yes. curating an art book with a fellow artist online, Lauren Matthews. And this art book is called Aesthetic Warriors. Oh. It will be on sale. It's a hardback A4 old school annual style book. It's super limited edition per artist. Ten books per artist. And it's full of beautiful full colour women warriors with a huge retro wave vibe. It's mainly UK and some European artists, 25 of us all together. So give us your money and appreciate this book. It's honestly, it's impressive. It reminds me of the old 80s annual, just the, the shaping yeah. of it reminds yeah, me of one yeah. of the old style 80s annual. And that was exactly the vibe I was um, going for. It just looks so good. It was printed by Mixam, M I X A M. Uh, there was a little bit of trouble getting everything together, but overall, a good process. And I would recommend them for making it. It's come out great. But it's, it's just art. There's no, other than the themes, there's no there's no narrative or story. There is no narrative. It. In my mind, I imagine 25 parallel universes merging together and all of these fierce warriors getting together and kicking evil in the butt. And it was inspired by seeing this um, multi finger ring that had Chris crystals on it and it looked like a knuckle duster and there was this, there was this joke between me and Lauren and I was like oh man I really want to make this book now and she was like yeah let's do it and I was like okay so let's make this Facebook group and I think she was like oh god <laughs> that was fast and I'm like yeah I was really inspired by it 
So we were working on this from February this year and the books came through and with 10 boxes of these bastards were delivered on Friday. So we have to lug these to MCM and distribute them. We have to lug them to MCM. Okay. (laughs) Number one, we have to lug them um, is a very uh, loaded phrase. (laughs) Number two, when they are, they have taken over the the fortress. uh, So... They're, they're, it'll be good to get rid of them, but yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, they will. They will be it's, out by. Oh, I know. You know, I know. October. We've got to get them to those people, but it's going to be awesome. You know what else is going to be awesome? What is? Starsky and Hutch and Huggy Bear are going to be there. What the hell? Yeah. Okay. Uh, about half the doctors. Uh, there's the normal lollygag of there's there's the normal jamboree of celebrities and kind of celebrities, and there's going to be the normal palaver about how much it costs to get a signature. Um, I, I can't. It's going to sound dumb. I can't get excited about the attractions at MCM because it's just going to be everything. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I mean, we've gone to so many MCMs now. For us, it's all of a muchness, but it's still a familiar muchness, and that's what makes it nice. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's going to be three days of pure hell <laughs> where we will be working obnoxiously long hours mm. to uh, to to try and sell stuff to utterly indifferent people with no daylight and nothing but hot sweaty claggy air as far as the air can i can see and it's great can't wait yeah i'm going uh so yeah come see us um yeah hello, just, just buy us a beer please do just google mcm london yeah. follow the sounds of drama oh, so. God, yeah. <laughs> so immediately after that Habanacon! banana con banana con this Banana. one is definitely November the 2nd to November the 4th, which is like Friday through to the Sunday. Uh, and that's at the Jury in Milton Keynes. It's a weep fest of ungodly proportions. Uh, we're basically there to party and have a good time. We're also going to be saying hi to the Bunkzilla guys, uh, which is going to be cool because I think they're still talking to us with our release <laughs> schedule. I hope so. Sorry, Bunker Chans. Sorry, Bunker Chans. Uh, I'm doing a talk on the Saturday morning uh, about Cyberpunk because that's what I do. And I'll probably be doing a view from the bar recording in the Saturday afternoon, which is basically me with a podcast and with a pod recorder and an attitude. Uh, the website is currently down. Oh, it's so. probably fixed by the time we get this out. Well, so check yeah, it, but check it out. I mean, these, these are literally the kind of people that you can you can text them about a busted website on Sunday afternoon, and they'll instantly crack yeah. on, on organising it. It, it. These are. I am confident the event is going to be smooth. I mean, they, they've got loads of stuff on. Mm. It's it's not, and the the I had a look at the uh, calendar, and it's not packed. But no. it's definitely active. And I, I kind of think not packed is good. It is good. They've got this half hour uh, wiggle room in between event uh, panels and stuff yeah. for set up, swap out, overrun. And I think that's so sensible. But they've also just, just not every panel room has got stuff going on in it all the time. Yeah, that's right. So it Which... sounds like there'll be a lot of places where you can literally just sit down and chill. Yeah. I mean, credit to uh, Minami, because without Minami, there wouldn't be Hibana. No. But really there's only minami and now only habana uh, now only minami and habana because all the other uk anime cons were uh campus based um so it's another uk anime convention hotel holiday because like yes we do do minami but that's it like there are no other uk hotel cons until this they're all campus cons which is great if you're young Absolutely. Uh, I just prefer hotel cons. So mm. there's no tickets left. So, uh, yeah. Tough. It's going to be... Oh, uh, Laura, you're going to be trading there, aren't you? I'm not going to be trading. I'm going to take loads of my bring and buy tat. So, yeah, no, I'm not trading directly behind the table. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to the panels. They've got a good range of panels. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of the... And I say this as someone who's going along to do a talk about my passion a lot and a, a lot of the panels at these events are either very um here's my fandom let me weeb which is awesome or they're very here is how you cosplay which is awesome but it's an event like manami and this one which are really pushing the other stuff here's how you do shit and i'm not i'm not jumping on anyone's parade and i'm not trying to i'm probably ignorant of the, all the other stuff going on but for me who's an absolute culture vulture um it's it's awesome to see this kind of thing going on 
so that's the that's that weekend and then the weekend after that immediately honestly i'll be very surprised if i don't come down with something because uh contracts i'm gonna feed you red bull and um vitamin c absolutely anyway i'm looking forward to it so we've got doki doki festival Woo! so doki doki is a japanese culture event it's held on saturday 10th of november one day event at the sugden sports center in manchester they are really pushing talks on japanese pop culture and japanese historical topics including writing anime for a living the history of woodcut prints and the japanese rail society they're giving a talk and demonstrations of japanese calligraphy taiko drumming we've got dj neo k a performance on a koto? What's a koto? It's like a real. It's almost like a Japanese double bass thing. Oh, really okay. Cool. But that, that's the thing. They, they've got. It, it's it's one of those pop culture and high culture things. Yeah. I'm really liking their meld of stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. Very, very proactive on social media. So if you do yeah. see a post, give them a reblog. Um, complete charity event. Loads and loads of donations to charity. Mm. We'll be there selling our stuff. Um, it's a family-friendly uh, Manchester Central one-day convention. Yeah. And again, such good vibes. We haven't been for a few years. I'm really looking forward to seeing how it's developed, to be honest, since it, the last time we've It's visited. always had a really... The one it reminds me of is probably Peterborough Comic Con. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace. yeah, it just yeah. Had a, when it says family-friendly, it's not a case of, you know, it's not bubble wrap, yeah. it's not coochie-coo, it's not hypercutie. It's just... it's. You see a lot of families there having a great time, yeah. having a blast. Yeah, yeah. The the topics are all ages appropriate, but that doesn't mean they're Nazi or whatever. I mean, I really cannot express how much I like the fact that even on the contemporary subjects, that it's not all the obvious high, you mm-hmm. know, screaming pop culture stuff. It's a lot of it is like this is this is what's going on there. Japan as a real country rather than an amusement park. Yeah. So that's yeah. pretty awesome. But we, we're going to be training. I'll have needlessly aggressive products will be there. Yeah. In all its glory. And that will include the new mugs that I have got made but still haven't got off my ass to put them on Etsy because I can't be bothered. Because <laughs> I just haven't got the time. Well, it's so. a good, good job because we've got a table each. So we need yes. to, you need to have the stock to fit on it, darling. Oh, I will. It will be weird because we always share a table, but also it will be a laugh. So yeah. please come visit and say hi. Do. Tickets available now on their website. So it's uh 12 it's uh doki doki festival it's 12 15 in advance 15 quid on the day and when i say on the day it's like a full day oh yeah yeah they also do group discounts like if there's five of you getting a ticket it's 50 quid oh right that's a hefty saving if there's 20 of you getting a ticket it's something like uh, 190 or you basically come down to less than a tenner they do a family ticket which is a I think it's like 30 quid. But go to DokiDokiFestival.com and uh, see what they got and get your tickets. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a really nice event. And then the last event we've got of the year, because we're not going to ske- squeeze any more in, honest, Gov is going to be the uh, last gang in town alternative Christmas market. <laughs> and that's ju- that's that's at the Blue Moon, Norfolk Street, Cambridge. Uh, they've got the Cambridge Rollerbillies there. They've got the Snicky Swoons handmade jewellery. Yeah, Snicky Swoons. I've actually bought a lot of stuff from Snicks. The stuff's really good. They've got Abby Stevens illumination, uh, illustrations. They've got Roller Dirty Soaps. And Needlessly Aggressive will be there uh, with a whole bunch of event-exclusive designs. Our new vice president in charge of SAS. Uh, we're probably just going to be very obnoxious <laughs> uh, so yeah it's a pub come along drink nice beer we definitely will be yes. it should be a uh, fun bash for everyone yeah I'm, um, I'm looking forward to it yeah it's it's always really nice I mean the, the pub's nice yeah. it's because of how Christmas is this year it's normally on like the the, the, the second to last weekend I think so. But it's this a little time earlier around, this year, it's yeah. The, well, because of how the, the, the time and all that, it's like the third weekend before. So town won't be too mental. So no. it should be easy going. And it's, it's, it's really nice. And there's always really kooky stuff. And there is normally a guy who sells absolutely killer chilli and chilli dips. So oh, absolutely. yeah, chilli jam guy. Yeah. And that's, that's basically us for this year on that yeah, front. Yeah, no more thanks. <laughs> We're just going to be knackered. Yeah, I, we decided to do a whole load of conventions at the end to try and shift some stock. Um, and but have a blast. And yes, to have fun, but mainly to shift stock. Um, but I really need to get on with Biomecha oh, yeah. because of Aesthetic Warriors and doing merch and my job being super busy and everything. I just haven't 
put my head down and done it. So as soon as these events are done, I will be back on the Biomecha wagon. Good. I'm going to try and get as many pages done as I can this year, but we'll see what next year brings. I probably won't be doing as many events, so come along to some of these. Yeah. And I hope to see you there. I, I've been shitting out Inktober photos every pictures every day so i'm probably going to be releasing a new comic yeah i'm very proud of you for doing that <laughs> i can just see myself steadily heading into <laughs> debt by just getting annoyed doing some drawings oh. and then releasing a comic so oh, what better debt to get into other than comics oh yeah and people keep on giving me wonderful ideas for new products that i think i might be able to make cash out of so needlessly Maybe. aggressive will continue free unpaid labor cool the predator <laughs> You're laughing already. Yeah. Uh, Boyd Holbrook, uh, Jacob Tremblay and Olivia Munn, uh, plus an ensemble of army veterans and other people that you're never going to bother remembering, uh, chase down a space trophy hunter in someplace rural. Special effects and gunfights and lions and tigers, oh my. In the middle of American Nowheresville. um, Hicksville. Somewhere Bama. Not so much Hicksville, just generic american town mid-townery focusing on generic american family however the son has learning difficulties they focus on this little autistic child yeah and and then proceeds to not follow up with anything resembling a consistent (laughs) autism (laughs) character in that i've ever seen portrayed on listeners at home listeners at home will know which way this is gonna go but for the quick before we get to the meat of the matter um what happens uh a predator turns up in predators and the good guy's good guy and the bad guy's bad guy and things blow up wait yeah uh, there's lots of slime and gore and decapitations and predator puppy thing yeah there is actually the plot itself isn't too terrible. The actors themselves no, no, not aren't at all. too terrible. It was I, just written by someone blindfolded in crayon. Yeah. I thought Olivia Olivia Mum was... I th- I'm going to give out some bits I did like. Yeah. Which is definitely not going to be the ending because the actual ending's picking awful. And I would, I'm not going to say it even though you can't spoil something that shit. I thought Olivia Munn did a very good turn as the science boffin lady. Very good. Picked up Gurn, ran after her prey. She's like, this yeah. is my science experiment. Why have you let him go? Sort of uh, thing. There, Chasing after him on rooftops with this massive big gun that she's... Yeah. You know, she takes control of the shitty situation the, the, and goes for it. That's the predator why. escapes and she chases it with a trank gun. And then later the bigger predator is on the prowl. And she chases it with an M16. And she's not a commando. And she very much doesn't look like a commando. She looks like someone who knows how to shoot an M16. Knows that's the bad guy. And shoots at it a lot because it might help. And I really liked that. She she didn't look incompetent. She just didn't look special forces ninja. I think... And her gender really wasn't brought into it. No, I think the most disappointing thing about it is just how inconsistent it was. It was like the most wildly inconsistent film I've ever seen at a cinema, I think. Just in pace, tone, characterisation, knowledge of... The main hero is this Boyd Holbrook. He plays like the kind of estranged husband guy. And then you've got Jacob Tremblay who plays his kid. And then you've got someone else playing the mother and the mother's in it for five minutes and is manically indifferent and just very underdeveloped as a character. Just wildly, badly depicted as a supposed mother. Like, the mother doesn't yeah. seem to give a shit that her special needs child is out on Halloween night on their own. Um, there's a, a nod to a previous film with one of the lines, I'll cut you. Um, presumably written by the mother to her disabled son yeah, in you, the opening so scene. Like, got, it was so ham-fistedly rammed into this film. You've got this kid who is... I don't know how the technical phrase is to describe him. He's definitely not all, He's not, definitely not, not um, Asperger's level. He is quite... Well, uh, autism is a spectrum. Autism you, is you, a spectrum, yeah. You can have yeah. this wild rainbow-coloured disc and be pinpointed here there and everywhere on this spectrum it's mm. not not linear but the film depicts him as almost non-verbal non- yeah it's, uh, it's right not at a... the start and just the hand over the ears thing when bells ring 
um, bullied. And then towards the end of the film, this child is talking to everybody, saying things that a- anyone I feel <laughs> would... He's definitely presented at the start of the movie as a very, very, very I, disabled child. Dis- yeah, I think. not you able, know, not, not communicative, not able to function. Uh, scared of loud noises, rocking, humming, shouting out the noises. Not the kind of kid that oh, I don't know. Picking an example completely out of random in the first twenty minutes, you'd want to make a several mile walk home by themselves through a busy town. I'm going to put that one out there. Yeah, this child's at school. A big shake-up happens and all these chess pieces fall. And then you've got magical autism savant powers. Puts all the chess pieces back on the board. And then he walks back home. On on his own. And And there's a dog he has to walk past, which he's scared shitless of. Yeah, sudden loud noises. And this dog looks like it would rip anyone's face off. And then he gets home to mum, who's left a note saying... uh, Something like, if you make a mess of it, this room took me an hour and a half to clean. If you make a mess of it again, I'll cut you. Yeah. What the fuck? It's totally. And because the I cut you line is a predator nod to a previous film, Mm. it's like this is the most inopportune moment to do that throwback line. It does not make any sense. I suspect, and this is the thing, right? I suspect there's a lot of, there's a bunch of setup to that line, and there is a thoroughly. Decent explanation as to why it's an in-joke between the mother and the son and it's meant in a very light-hearted and very friendly manner and um, that they got rid of all of that so you're left with no context and it just looks like the mother is a raging psychotic out to terrify her kid. Possibly, but how can you have an in-joke if your child is non-verbal? And that's the impression that you get of the child and then later on... You know, the child says things like, I'm sorry I didn't turn out to be the child that you wanted me to be or some bullshit. And it's like, oh my God, you've gone from like being non-verbal character 50 minutes prior to this. Maybe. Oh God. Anyway, no. (laughs) Maybe attack by rampaging space alien is a new radical form of therapy. Oh, another thing. Yeah. So uh, bloody hates alarm bells going off at school, sits in the corner and rocks and hums the noise yeah. away, yet gets caught in the middle of a crossfire firefight with aliens and it's running around, and it's absolutely fine. It's like, it just... I really... I don't want to hate on the film too much, yet I obviously do, because it was just so ham-fistedly bad. But at the end of the day, they were actually trying to... Honestly, they were try, trying heads in my hands now. They were trying to portray autism's positives, of which there are. However, Hollywood doesn't often portray them. But it just did it in such a shitty, clunky way. It was, like, almost unforgivably bad. Bearing in so mind, we went to see we, we, we this film, with... number one, with a mom. <laughs> yeah. And number two, uh, with an autistic person. Um, and... And he, um, at the end of it, I asked him, you know, what did you think about seeing seeing an autistic kid on the screen? And he he said it was he quite liked it, mm-hmm. but he himself said it was really inconsistent. So yeah, he actually described from... the, no, he described the kid as being half autistic, half not autistic. Yeah, which was very good because. Even though you wouldn't actually get that in real life, I thought it was really interesting that that was his interpretation of but it. But he. He liked the fact there was an autistic sure. on the screen, and I, sure. I apart from Rain Man, what representation yeah. and you know implications like House MD and Sheldon, you don't get that discussion. Well, there, there was, there, there was a little. There's a little bit of, ma- of as you said. Well, a little bit. There's a lot of magical autism yeah. powers going on there, but I, I think they did try and do a very fair representation of um what difficulties someone with with autism can face it was it was just wildly i think they got it off the back of a cereal packet i think they did and it's like considering how many people know and experience and live with uh, autistic people it's like you could have just asked pretty much anyone in any city hey can you sense check this but it's obvious that they didn't have the time or they didn't care or didn't have the talent I think honestly, the empathy, I think the sympathy. 
I don't know. It was like... Given the rest of the movie, I would actually argue they just didn't have the script writing talent because the yeah. rest of the movie itself is incredibly choppy. What, why assume malice when it could just be incompetent? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But it's it, hard, though, because it is so tiresome to have to deal with that time and time again. On the plus side, it's probably... Because it was intended to be a summer blockbuster. Uh-huh. It is probably the highest profile representation of autism, I would say, in the cinema for about the last five years. True, but it, that's what makes me sad. Like, it was a I'm, wasted opportunity. I'm not denying that. I know. You're, I'm, seeing, you're seeing the positive I'm, tr- I'm trying the to. I'm, anyway. I'm, I can't say it was an awful movie. Because there were moments that I did quite enjoy, and there were bits of oohs and ahs. It was mainly an awful movie. Uh, yeah. Oh there, no! I, the 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 army vets they had on there. They had. Uh... Oh, nobody cares. Come on. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I do. They had they had a really good cast in some areas that were very underused. I just thought it it was it was a good C grade. You know, it was a good B grade movie. No D minus. You really hated yeah. it that much. If you take out here's the question for you: If you take out the inconsistent representation of autism with the kid and mothers. <laughs> Okay, if you take out the awful, did okay, and if you, you take out the awful if you vision, if you vision, if you in your mind's eye, he was a bit of a rapscallion at school instead. Okay, had a little bit of the of a running with Mister Johnny Law, that kind of thing, and then you rerun that movie in your mind. Was it that awful? It was awful. Andy. Okay, fine. <laughs> it was just such a waste. It really was a waste, you know. Subpar CG effects. It's super, it's just inappropriateness. And... It wasn't Alien versus Predator, okay? Give as a oh. as a long time no as a oh. long time fan of Predator. You've got to give me that score. It wasn't as bad as Alien versus oh, Predator. Oh, don't know, mate. Don't know. Anyway, it bombed at the box office, and that's the reason why. It's, yeah, well, there's the many reasons. Why. Oh, so like, if it's on Netflix or something, give it a shot, but criticize it you know it's like oh so close but also so very 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 far far. i'm exhausted now (laughs) (laughs) i will never try to find middle ground with on a movie with you again (laughs) american horror story cult uh, the ensemble cast horror series returns for its seventh outing in which it takes on the delicate subject of the 2016 u.s election through the medium of interpretive clown murder what can we say about this one? The very simple setup and premise, unless you want to go for that, is a it's a, a bit of a political satire in which a very uh, enigmatic young man, uh, very much on the Make America Great Again scale, uh, gets involved in politics, starts murdering people through a coterie of insane clown assassins, and then thinks he's the messiah, all the while, while terrorising a very pleasant lesbian couple and their Sprog. Ruining their marriage. Ruining um, their marriage, ruining their lives, ruining their house. Ruining their neighbours. Ruining the neighbors, their hamster. The ne- the, the <laughs> guinea pig, actually. Sorry, guinea ruining right. their guinea pig. <laughs> um, um, yeah, it much like American Horror Story series before it, it I felt it was mm, like two, two main storylines with a couple of other ones mm. middled in between. I thought it tied up quite well, as opposed to just weird shit happening in a weird sequence. Quite. I thought it tied back to previous episodes within the same series quite well, and also threw in random spanner episodes, such as the woman that shot Andy Warhol. And the history um, of scum. The history of scum. Um... Helter Skelter, Charles Manson, all those, uh, Waco, all those other American cults. Interesting, all, all played by the same actor yes. who played the 4chan reading, reading blue-haired cult leader wannabe president. Unlike previous uh, series, there was no supernatural element to it, which was pretty cool. Just straight out murder. Straight out murder. I thought it was strongest when it was dealing with cults. Mm. rather than with the politics and i don't know yeah. if it's because they tried to be i, I don't know what it was they tr- they tried to take on the american election and they tried to be balanced about it but when your main bad guy who's responsible for the death of 20 to 30 people is an outright maga nut job mm. It kind of nails its opinion to the door. Yeah. And I just thought the way they did the politics 
there, there, there was a certain amount of it which was discussing American politics as a whole. Yeah, and, uh, the, and the bad side of the yeah. liberal side, like the extensive, oh, you know. They dealt with the, the, the liberal, they dealt with the conservative yeah. side, and I, they, they dealt also, not just, especially later in the, se- in the series, they dealt with the, uh, the, gr- the bedrock of American electoral system and the cult of personality within it. Yeah. Whereas yeah, at the start, they were dealing more with the American election. And to me, that just didn't work. It just, it, 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 possibly because it was a bit sore, but also possibly, I thought it was a bit blunt in the way it was handling it. it possibly. Was very... I mean, it is only about two weeks till the midterms at yeah. the time of this podcast. So it is going to be interesting to see how things go. Um, but also, uh, I mean, at the start, you said, oh, this isn't going to age well. Mm. But I think towards the end, you agreed with me where I thought it would age well because it's certainly a snapshot of where we are right now. I, I agreed near the end that it would age well the further it got away from the, cur- the current political climate. Yeah, so first four episodes, you're like, mm. First but four episodes are very I, contemporary. And, I agree because we're still quite close to it, so yeah. And then they did, a, they did an excellent um, coverage on Jamestown. They did excellent coverage on Waco. Yeah. They did excellent co- coverage on the Child Manson and all that. It was very... When it got into discussing how... And, and as someone who has read up uh, quite a bit on cults, um, because it's just weird and strange, therefore I spent like a couple of summers reading up on the subject, it was seeing a very good reputa- representation of how cults work, and it was showing a very thorough American tradition of the lunatic cult guy that just gets a whole bunch of mm. lost souls mm. to come around him and how you manipulate people. There was a scene which uh, involved... It was taken to the nth degree, but they involved a very classic uh, indoctrination technique of... Um, if you have someone that is, you're worried is leaving the group, you have a group activity performed, mm-hmm. uh, normally something that's outside of the norm, and you have them start at it. So they, they almost become bonded in shame and bonded in guilt. Mm-hmm. And then you, the leader, forgives it to then give everyone a... Yeah. And the way and, they handled that, I thought, was just really... Yeah, so this bonding was in complicitness, wasn't it? Yeah, it's so a bonding in complicitness. And it, it was, was very really well acted, and yeah, it was very yeah. well... Um, they they really understood what was happening from a technical viewpoint. So yeah. for me, those, those kind of bits of episode. Plus, you had a bunch of killer clowns going around and Ugh. ganking the fuck out of people. Yeah, what's not to like? Everything, Andy. Okay, Everything. okay. <laughs> I thought the clowns were huggable, uh, but then you, you always do. Yeah, yeah. so you stereotype. Anyway, <laughs> but as a, as 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 a slice of American horror story, considering that hotel was good, but didn't really tie much up. Yeah, and Roanoke, I managed to get three episodes through before I just gave the hell up. You, uh, yeah, but I'm going to try again because Lady Gaga's in it. So, oh right, uh, I'll give that a shot. Yeah, right. Well, you know what, soldier on through. You know it. what, a fangirl I am. So. Especially when she's doing stuff so horror. Um, so that was. She's so good. That was good horror. Yeah. Uh, bad horror. Yeah. So that... there's been so much hype, like Stephen King branded hype, about new Netflix series, The Haunting of Hill House. Uh, ten episode series. Yeah. Um, everybody seems to love it apart from us. Just so boring. So does glacial pace. Like, you're supposed to care about these people, uh fragmented timelines who who's who what the first episode the first episode which you got through yeah uh was it was a juxtaposition of contemporary family that's fallen apart by the wayside and back in history of family in a house being spooked to hell and back in this bit in in the titular hill house and you lasted one episode. Mm-hmm. I it wasn't even creepy. It was just boring. I quite liked it because there were a lot of subtle things. Like one of the things people that re- I found out afterwards, a lot of people had picked up on it. But there, when when you had the family running through the house and being spooked out by stuff, you had ghosts in the background yeah. that weren't in focus, and that was very creepy. And that was on the first episode really dragged me in it was also you had this absolutely supernatural thing happening whilst you also had in the present day one of the kids that was involved in this quote-unquote legit haunting um going out and basically myth busting people who thought they were being haunted and that was 
very nice juxtaposition. And then, at the end of the episode, the guy who'd been um, doing all this myth-busting then has an incredibly direct and visceral, visceral, spooky experience in his own room. And that got me absolutely hooked. And I was really, really impressed with it. And I got halfway through the next episode because it just carried on being introduction. And it carried on being chumpy and backwards and forwards. Mm. And I just... Didn't really give you anything for that engagement after episode one. I couldn't keep attention on it because it wasn't... Yeah, it wasn't giving me enough payoff. It was also... It suffers what... It suffers something that... I'm very cautious about with TV series. Mm. It was... After episode one, it was continuing to be this very slow build-up. And I, I don't trust series like that. Because if it isn't, if it doesn't feel like it's getting anywhere, I'm like, well, how long are you going to do this build-up for? Because it's not going to, you're not going to give me the payoff. Mm. If you, if you spend nine episodes of a ten, ten episode series building up to an event, that event has to be spectacular. You can do that in a movie mm-hmm. because it's an hour and a half to two hours worth of, yeah. of narrative. Not ten hours. But to do it, yeah, over ten hours, it's like you can't have the final tenth being the payup and it just felt like and and after having gone and checked a bunch of reviews and it seemed very very slow builder but i i really don't know if i'll ever know because it's because do you care no no and it was so disappointing after being thoroughly engrossed by the first episode and then watching the second episode in exactly the same situation and just going or i could be cleaning out the cat <laughs> High praise indeed. So, so give it give it a go. Maybe there's something we're missing. I don't know, but I don't feel FOMO with this at all. I'm gonna have to say, if you're not convinced, if if you think it's been overhyped and you're not convinced by it, yeah. don't even don't touch it. Well, give it one go. Give it a go. See how you feel. Mm, what has been interesting? BBC America six part series, Killing Eve. Killing Eve. Killing Eve is one of the funniest, darkest things I've seen on television for a long time. Six episodes long, one hour each, uh, made by BBC America. Currently box set is available on iPlayer. And a second season got uh, signed up this week, last week. The cast, Sandra Oh, uh, Eve, uh, Jodie Comer uh, is our villanelle. Uh, her minxy Russian serial killer. <laughs> I believe the fr- the the, pra- the phrase she'd rather have is highly successful and steadily employed assassin. Uh, and e- the titular- assassin serial killer. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're right, assassin. She is assassin. And Eve is a MI6 agent, intelligence That's operative. Right. That's a right. Bit of a desk jockey. Bit more than that. Well, employed by high-ranking uh, Carolyn, um, and then goes renegade. And there's a mini team due to uh, Eve's obsession with this assassin that no one seems to believe exists. Ex- yeah, and apart from uh, Carolyn, who does, and then sets her up with a team of. Uh, similarly minded focused slightly socially awkward employees and it's just such so many funny one-liners just drop in um villanelle is amazing her character she's like the the girl that you secretly admire but are outwardly really terrified of at school she she's just got these little uh eye twitches and (sighs) Uh, she's kind of precocious, but kind of murdery at the same time. She's kind of the magic sex pixie. If the magic sex pixie was actually mental, and was and w- <laughs> was so she she's got that uh, that hello, I'm your dream. I'm dream. I mean, she obviously uses sex an awful lot to like, and she thinks so much of herself. Oh god, blindingly hide it. arrogant. Yeah, but she so she funny. she uses sex because she knows. Of- she's good at a job that's why yeah. she uses sex and sex appeal to do a lot of her job and she's a very sexual person and she also just kills people because she's severely mentally unstable yeah uh, whether she's supposed to or not but um, the, the... and eve eve polastri she's she's so funny because she's so because she's quite socially awkward and you connect with her immediately because everyone's been in the situations where you say something slightly off or, you know, she tells a stupid boss what she thinks of him. 
and then her other friend tells her off the boss who got told off goes thank you and then the boss that told off eve was like no i was gonna call him this <laughs> it's really funny the, the hu- without, without being childish it is just really funny the, the thing i like what you're saying about the humor that i yeah. like that i really liked about it is these are people who are working a ridiculous job they are mi6 such they are, high pressure they are going to russia they're trying to track down an international and and they crack gags that are really natural they're they're in the office making jokes about their work because that's what you do when yeah. you have a job. And they're, you know, they they have worries, you know. Or can I, can I? Does this dress look good in me? Am I supposed to wear a bra? I don't know. You yeah. know, they they just regular things that you worry about. And it, it's it's very relatable in some ways, and really not in other ways. And it's a fully female female led cast. I mean, pretty much e- e- all three protagonists are female you have um, got blokes in it but yeah. they're all secondary characters to the yeah. main three yeah i've really enjoyed I, I wasn't sure about it and then i watched it i was just like right we're gonna binge the shit out burst of out laughing honestly so quick before it goes off i play get on to killing eve not sure how good a second I'm, I'm a bit worried it's got a second season i think i'd have preferred it if it had i'm looking forward to the second yeah. season but I think it. I'm worried that once we watch the second season, cause that we'll be going. It would have been nicer as a, as a single season. Possibly. However, it's based on some novels, so it just mm. depends what the source material does with it, and of which I've never read. Yeah. So we'll see. As long as they end it soon enough, I think it'll be very. Yeah, happy. It's end of season two or possibly season three. Nice, mm. nice trilogy. We'll see how it goes. But um, from the funny to the oh shit, Bojack Horseman is back, which is supposed to be funny, dear. It is, but it isn't. Yeah. It really is, but it really isn't. Um, so, as we've discussed on previous podcasts, Bojack is a slightly washed up uh, horse, animated horse character in an animated human-animal hybrid universe of Hollywood. Um, he, his agent, Princess Carolyn, who's a pink cat, uh, finds him roles. He usually fucks it up as well as... Quite the, badly. As well as his... Uh, relationships with friends, colleagues, comrades. He's just, he can't help himself. But it's an emotional roller coaster each season. It didn't stab me in the heart quite like the last season. I didn't actually cry at this one, um, whereas most of the other seasons I have. However, it's still emotionally draining, and good things and very bad things happen to pretty much each of the characters that you love. And it's, well worth the watch once again. Once again, you weren't as sold on this. I really season. thought, I thought it was the weakest. I mean, the, number one, I'll say at this point, people have made their mind up about Joe Bojack. There are people who know Bojack's out and they binge watch it, and there's people, you know, in, what, in two evenings, and there's people who just can't be bothered with it. At this point, that's it. We're not going to convert anyone. Um, I thought it was one of the weakest seasons because I thought it was. It didn't move half as much as the other seasons. It was it was emotionally quite static. There were. There just wasn't as much movement on where people were in their lives. It it I just it just didn't grab me. I mean, it had an amazing episode that was essentially a single monologue by Bojack which that was the most moving one but even it's almost like they're now doing this formula where once once a season they'll have a stunt episode like the previous year they had the silent one if you've enjoyed the previous seasons you want to see where the characters go don't jump into it from season five you need to watch it from the start but no, it was good. It was good. I enjoyed it. I just don't know how much... Again, I don't know how how much legs it's got left on it at this point. The next season either needs to... They, they, they need to start winding it down because I think they're slowly running out of things to do. Possibly. But... I will watch the next season like no one's business. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm watching this. I'm, I'm riding till the end on this. So uh, that's our update for October 2018. If you like the podcast, then please share it with your friends and rate us online. It really helps spread the word and we will love you forever. The Hardcore Genki podcast is available from raggedyman.net forward slash the Raggedy Jam podcast, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Pocket Cast, and Decoding the Lines of Katakana from the Matrix title screen. 
It's also syndicated on bunkzilla.co.uk, the Geek Culture online radio channel. And as always, please send any feedback you have on the show to superfortresshg at gmail.com or tweet us at hardcoregenki, one word. We didn't get any feedback from the September podcast, so if you don't tell us what you think, Andrew's head will swell up even bigger. Yeah. Slap me down before my ego rampages. <laughs> Laura Pinkapple Jan, noted folio artist, can be found on Twitter at Biomecha Comic, on Facebook by the Facebook page Pink Apple Jam Art, and online at pinkapplejam.com and biomechacomic.com. Andrew Ragdiman can be found at ragdiman.net, needlessly aggressive products on Facebook and on Etsy, and behind the scenes photos of the project can be found at instagram.com forward slash needlessly aggressive. So, till next time, goodbye and farewell from the Super Fortress Hardcore Geeky. Bye! Bye.